0: It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time to fall asleep after the road rally's over. Woo, taxi TV. <laughs> this week, starring all kinds of special guest stars, first we've got Mr. Ryan Gong. Yes. In a little bit, we've got Adriana Lucette. Nathan Nasby. Come on down. And Russell Landwehr. Okay, so all of you guys who didn't go to... Oh, I need to open the chat room so I can see.
1: See if I get any hecklers.
0: No, the big fat losers that didn't come to the road rally. (laughs) I want to see who's still at home because the road rally people are all in the air today. Yeah. Where is everybody? We didn't get it together to send out an email until about an hour ago. We are in Roast Rally, uh, Roast Rally, Road Rally, comatose the state. Anyway, hello, welcome to this week's episode. Um, So we just finished doing the Road Rally last night. I've got a little frog in my throat from saying thank you, thank you, thank you to all the lovely people who were being very kind and complimentary after the rally. Um, by all accounts, it went really, really well. We're extremely proud. And, um, oh, we will write you a song. I remember you guys. Hi. Um, great rally. Thank you. Um, it was, it was spectacularly good. And I'm not saying that as an egomaniacal, narcissistic, uh, idiot. I'm saying it as a person who's really proud of the way his staff and the volunteers and the members all behaved this weekend. So, Ryan, yes. um, was a taxi member
1: at a road rally eight years ago, was it or something? Uh, the one that uh, that this all started with, that was probably about twelve or thirteen years ago. And so you were like four. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh. <laughs> something I can, about music just just it's like uh, sleeping in a tupperware jar, I guess. I do not wear <laughs> baseball hats well. <laughs> um,
0: Anyway, and so Ryan was at the road rally. Scoot up a little. Yeah, scoot, yeah. Let's make you look yeah, as fat it. as I am. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ryan was at the road rally, and uh, his life was transformed, as so many are at the road rally. Yeah. And
1: uh, why don't you tell him what happened yeah. while I go make the air conditioner a little cooler? Yeah, you do that. I'll be so uh, that specific road rally was. Uh, it was in the ballroom, and Michael had asked the question. And the 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 actual point of the question wasn't to get a lot of people to raise their hand, but uh, more like working on licensing and syncing and and kind of generating income that way. Uh, and he just said, "Who here can just get up and tour right now?" And I was I probably had my hand up before you finished the sentence because I was I was you know 18 or however old, just like right. you know ready to go. And I think a lot more people raised their hand than. Um, than you may have expected, or anybody I think in the room had, had expected. And I noticed that there was nothing, there was nobody there uh, that could help. And um, like, specifically. Uh, in that ballroom it, in on it, that panel, or no, the no, no, entire no. rally? like like, the, like, there was nothing specifically geared for that. There, and, right. and, and how I, I remember, and I don't remember who took the course or who was teaching the course. And honestly, if if I did, I probably wouldn't call them out. But um, yes, I have mine. <laughs> <Yeah. yeah. laughs> gotta have a rock star yeah. after the rally. Ooh. Um, and uh, so so that was very intriguing for me, kind of saying like, wow, I, you know, that's something I really want to learn about. But um, but I don't know how to do it. And then there was one class that someone it, we had kind of gotten into it, and it was kind of that circumference theory where you know you play every place that you possibly can in Boston and then an hour outside and then two hours outside. And I think, I mean, right. That's even, what I talked about
0: <clears throat> from the stage at the rally was the concentric circles. The concentric circles. Start okay. in
1: your hometown, then do, go 50 mm-hmm. miles
0: out, then a hundred miles out, yeah. then 150.
1: And then once you get out past 250, you're actually a touring artist. But, and it, I think the wildest thing is at, at one point when people were actually going to bars to see live music and they haven't even looked at the schedule yet. They just knew that that bar every Friday and Saturday played live music. I, that was the way to do it. Even, you know, uh, old old videos of like Green Day, you know, they would pull up to a venue. There'd be three or four hundred kids. They didn't know any of those bands. There wasn't like a huge headliner. It was like, a, right. like those punk shows that everybody played a half an hour, six or seven bands. When that ended, the the, the game kind of changed, but nobody knew how. And that theory completely died and completely went away
0: have you ever played the club uh, the middle east in philly yeah uh, in boston no there's one in philly too uh I, I is there one in yeah i think they're sisters um i'm mean, not sisters at all but sister clubs. sure yeah and that was that kind of place where mm-hmm. um oh gosh uh, who did Hazel sister um oh
1: uh
0: train yeah that one yeah i think i saw train there before they were famous matchbox 20 when they were called like I don't know Veronica's broomstick or something. Um, <laughs> it's so many different Is bands. that a real guest? Uh, <laughs> I'll think of it. It okay. wasn't Veronica's broomstick. Uh, it, it was like Tabitha's secret or something. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, and, and I love that mm-hmm. that you know maybe there would be four or five bands in a night, right. but usually one of them went
1: on to be famous. And every yeah.
0: weekend had that level of talent.
1: Yeah, and I think like this, like the story of like a, like a Green Day or a Nirvana, is that's kind of what I was modeling after. Um, when you had like six of those bands and then you had 400 people in the crowd, it was just a given, you know, when you watched all those bands that Green Day was the best one on that bill. So the majority of that crowd navigated towards that band and that's how Green Day got as big as they did. And how many of those did they have to play to get that big, you know? I mean, a lot, which is why when we when we kind of started crossing 300 shows a year, we didn't think that wow. we were, we were just, we thought that that's what we were supposed to how do. How do you physically do 300 shows a year?
0: I just did a two month run up to the, well, two and a half month run up to the road Rally and then, uh, you know, four days on the premises working my butt off and I feel like I'm dying today. Yeah. Uh, how do you do that? How old are you? you 32. Know, so how do you how does your body
1: live with that kind of I don't know. I didn't start drinking until I was twenty five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you just started shooting hair on about a year ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got I got another four years of me. <laughs> no, I, mean, but, I I don't know how you guys we, do I that. mean I, well one thing that we were going over in the classroom that I think um, started scaring people but on, on the on that topic of how how do you do it um, and i was talking with the with the class about now it's all on you it's your responsibility if you don't make your career happen whether it's your talent i, I call it like there's two there's two talents it's how talented your music is uh, is like a sticky ball mm-hmm. so the stickier the better your music the stickier that ball is and then how talented you are at delivering it it brings as many people in and you're talking delivering it <clears throat> out to the, the masses s- like marketing it out okay the masses. not yeah. stage performance that's Even just a piece of it yeah yeah right. like um And so now the best the best part is, you know, there's like a band that used to play, you know, shows with with Blues Traveler and they were just as good and just as talented. But Blues Traveler happened to know somebody, you know, and then they had that little connection and they got famous and this band forever. will just sit there blaming. That little connection, those little connections are starting to go away. No, I don't shorter. buy the connection theory. It's because they had that fat guy in the band playing. Oh well, Ironica. I'm I'm going. <laughs> he was their he was their <laughs> trademark. That's true. <laughs> that, no, no, no. That is, that yeah, is true. anybody
0: <laughs> who's the guy you remember, Blues Traveler. Yeah, I could have. I, and I and
1: probably could have picked picked large, different bands. the big boned guy. Yeah, sorry. I probably could have. I picked uh, picked a different band to use as a reference. But now there's nobody to blame if it doesn't happen. And we started getting into 18-hour workdays. And actually part of the class was the fact that it was like I was getting three hours of sleep and hadn't stopped for the entire rally and, and was still so excited in the classroom and didn't want it to end. And I said, you have to love what you're doing or you're not going to be able to work this hard at it. I love playing live. That's just what I really, really loved. I love being in the studio, but I love playing live even more. But also if I ever decide to take time off uh, for a week or two, I'll probably uh, sleep on a random person's floor in Costa Rica and backpack up to Nicaragua. So my life, that makes sense in my life, you know, sleeping in a van or sleeping on a floor and what meeting new people
0: doing? every day. I'm a conventional guy.
1: <coughs> yeah. And
0: I don't like people. So <laughs> we're very different. <laughs> <laughs> um, people are weird. Um, I like you I'm guys. Right here. you. You guys are okay <laughs> because you're on the other side of the screen. You type at me. Um, anyway, um, I couldn't do that. I, I'm... I can go camping for a few days, I, I desperately want to get a really nice RV and go do some of the western states, but at some point you're going to be 40 or 50 or whatever, you know, and I'm not saying everybody wants to live the dream of getting married three or four or five times or having multiple houses <laughs> I think I'm only laughing at one of my guests. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, but. Could I, could I jump in there well, what, about no, that no, about, not, okay not no, okay <laughs> I have a really good point right there I wanna, I what want are to, you gonna
1: do when you're 60? Uh, I don't know okay. I don't know but um, I mean not I mean not this I I mean that that you know the plan is is the slow growth especially because when I when it was 300 shows a year the strategy that we were using there was no strategy to it because we were going by the old method mm. we were going by the method of when people would tour at clubs where people would show up four or five hundred people and then that dwindle down and now that's just completely gone. So there was a new strategy that we didn't learn until 5 years after doing that and almost completely burning out. So this, you know, it's not going to be the same thing over and over and over. And that was more so back I mean there. Did you
0: find um, that there was, what's the word I'm looking for, inequity? Um, Amongst the band members um, that one guy was doing all the marketing, making all the phone calls and sending all the emails and calling, booking all the stuff and everybody else is like smoking weed in the
1: back of the van yeah and it got to, it got to that point so yeah. which one were you i was i was so, the one doing all the work and driving the van you were rolling <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> that ruins so many yeah, bands
1: it does well now i mean and uh, another con- just just on that point another conversation that, that i was having with a one on one he kept saying i keep putting a band together you know he's a solo artist i keep putting a band together and i keep asking them to really be gung ho about it, and then we go on tour and they get burnt out and they stop and they leave, and I just said, "You, yeah. what's the incentive? Like, you can't expect somebody to love your your band unless you guys all started it together, you know?" But you can't, even that, break, those break apart. Those definitely. I mean, mine did. That's that. That was after the first five years. Mine completely broke apart. So we took a year off of, of touring, and then I put another band back together, which is kind of rotating members. And then I'm now, it's just, it's just on me.
0: And you also alternate, I, I mean, I, I spent probably an hour and a half on your site after we talked on the mm-hmm. phone that day, and I went, the genius of what he's doing is the fact that you can go out as a solo, as a duo, or a band, Yeah. and you mix it up, and that's got to be good for you physically, mentally, and maybe <laughs> artistically.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely artistically.
0: Yeah. So um,
1: tell us more about um, how you, what's the new methodology? Um, uh, we touched on it at the panel and it was, I, I, it was so funny cause I didn't know what anybody actually wanted to know, to, to learn specifically in the class or in the panel forum. just in general, anybody in that building, which is why, um, I had to just, it had to be one-on-one. Like I didn't, I didn't take any notes. I had nothing on the table, nothing right. on a whiteboard when we were doing the class, it was just a one-on-one and it had to be very specific. And, and I, I started learning early on what some of the most common problems were, which I kind of guessed, but I didn't realize. And um, uh, the one guy, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> um, the new
0: methodology. The new
1: methodology, yeah. He. Uh, he I'm so proud of myself said, for remembering that yeah. because I'm yeah. so proud of it. <laughs> yeah, I just read my name and it threw me off. Um, <laughs> me uh, the, the new time. methodology was everyone thinks when, when they play their debut show, by the way, if you're just starting out, you're not playing your first show, you're playing your debut show and you pump it up and you make it big and and that's how you push it out. The did guy. Pe- do people buy mm-hmm. hyperbole? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Suckers. It's, I know, I do. It's great. It's great when I catch myself doing it. You know. Um, and then you know, for this guy, he brought eighty people out in Los Angeles. This is just the the story I kept telling. Eighty people in Los Angeles on a Monday for a CD release show, and then he hadn't played for a year since, and he doesn't know what to do. Um, now, if, what most people will do in that situation is everybody's coming in because it's your big show, all your friends, all your family. If you have a couple actual like fans that aren't related to you in that kind of way, they'll all come out. And then what happens is you play that show, and then you play literally two months later, and it's half the crowd if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. And then it goes down and down, and then people think the way to get it back is to keep playing more and more and more. The problem is there's no reason for anybody to come back after that over- big show. Oversaturated. Yep, Absolutely. So, if you're playing, and this is something that nobody knew, and 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 I realize that nobody should know this because nobody's telling them this. Is if you can bring 80 people on a Monday, even if that does get cut down to 60, right? Your next show should be. Um, and I kept saying Live Nation. If you guys don't know, Live Nation is like—I think they—they—they they, uh, they bought Comcast's section of live music, and they own like every venue ever. They're
0: the you Death Star know? of yeah. the live music world. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, but they—they they, meet girls all the time and tell them you're Russell Brand. I don't. But thank you for saying that. <laughs> I like that a little bit more because of his politics too. So i will will t- take it. Except I'm shorter, way shorter. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but he's British. Uh, he is British and a, and a bit smarter. Um, but um, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we'll get new
2: methodology. Yeah, new
1: methodology. So after that, after that first show, um, you can, you can cold call the venue that you want to play in. So I would say 80 people could potentially get you in front of a thousand, your, your thousand person venue as a first of three or a first of four. What that means is there's a three I, band.
0: You lost me. So we went from so, like eighty yep. or hundred people down mm-hmm. to
1: sixty people
0: because we burn them out. Because we burn them show.
1: out just a, well, just a little bit. I mean, eighty for yeah. the for the CD release show. Then your next show, even even if that eighty doesn't stay with you for the next show, your next show can still be anywhere from five hundred to one thousand people. And people How? think because those eighty tickets is a percentage of that room that if a pa- if a package tour is coming through. And they have three bands, two or three bands, depending on the venue. And the, it's up to the local promoter, usually Live Nation, to find. In, It'll say, so, three bands, we need a local to fill out a little bit of the room. They usually decide that. Where do you get that information? <laughs> um, you just co- cold call the venue and say, we brought 80 people to the, to the ah. Viper Room on a Monday. Now, if you call them and you say, I'm really awesome. My band is great. Go check us out on Facebook. We want to play here. They won't. They don't care any nobody cares almost any more what you sound like you know they're, they only care about how many butts you can get in the exactly city. yeah so i don't think anybody Which realizes understandable people oh, absolutely. think they're evil for that but look no. they've got no. to earn a living yeah absolutely. if you own the club you would want those people yeah in the room. absolutely so um so that can happen on your second show and i think that what happens is people go the opposite direction like we said and then start burning out and then it goes down to nothing the best part about that new that new method, or it's not really new, but that method that people aren't doing is playing in front of a thousand people or five hundred people on their second show is you just played your debut, CD release, whatever it is, your big event, and all those people came and now they love you. that it's just it's a it's an even bigger event when you play in front of a thousand people see and that? then all of those 80 did a dolly and <laughs> interrupt uh. and then and then and then all of those 80 people are going to love you even more now even your family members right. you know and then what you're doing now and this is another reason why sometimes it depends on the genre and the market and so many other variables but sometimes a show trade won't actually work either because when you go to see your friend's band play you're not really you're supportive and you like your friend and you might like your their music but They're still just your friend's band, so if you're going and there's an opener for your friend's band, they're just the band that opened for you. Nobody cares. But But, you know, their bio will say, we played with. Yeah, of course, Yeah. 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 So now on this bigger show, everybody who's there to see the bigger band loves that bigger band, so they're actual fans. So you're getting in front of actual music fans, in the genre that yet you like, and, and it, I, it happens to me all the time. I just saw, I saw, um, Céla Sue was one of the last concerts. She's a singer from Belgium. It was a small show and this guy opened up acoustic, you know, looper, uh, kind of guy. And I immediately just thought he was awesome before because I love, I love her so much and that I became a fan of his. Now, if I saw that exact same set at, you know, my buddy's show, and I saw it as professional and as awesome as he was, I probably would have left after two songs and went to another bar with my buddy and had a drink. So that, does that kind of make sense?
0: No, you lost okay. me on okay. that point. <laughs> why, why is it that in the context of the aforementioned
1: show, mm-hmm. she was appealing? Yes. It, was it well, it was it was a guy that opened, but yeah, with an unusual mm-hmm. name that could go either way. What was the artist? Uh, the artist's name was Seyla Sue. I don't remember who opened now, but I remember um, being very. So green. why was it
0: appealing in that context, but wouldn't be in the uh, because the
1: right you latter context? Because I am a I am and I'll just use it personally. I am such a fan of Seyla Sue that anybody that shares a stage with her. I immediately hold to a higher standard because I'm an actual fan now if I go see my friends band play Ah. and then this guy is just kind of playing with my friends band uh, it just it just drops down so not only are you not burning out in that way by playing in that market over and over and over for just friends take all of your 80 or 40 however many friends and utilize that to get in front of fans immediately because you can you can do it that quickly and that is. And what's the step after that? How do you turn it into 5,000 mm-hmm. seaters? Uh, you have to be really good when you get in front of that thousand. And, and yeah, and uh, I mean, the other thing too is, and we were talking about this, I was blown away by how many people didn't want to do this. And I, and I you actually. Mean how got, many musicians didn't want to do Didn't want to. I said, Why? you guys have to walk out after the crowd and talk to everybody that you can, especially everybody. If you walk it off the side of the stage, and, and you'll notice it as soon as you do, if you play in front of five to 1,000 people, if you walk off the side of the stage, you will see how many people's eyes are following you off that stage. You have to look at every single one of those faces and either remember them or go talk to them immediately. So I think you're wrong. I think it's just you because you look like Russell Brand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they don't follow the average emotion. <laughs> no. um, but when I, I agree with everything you yeah said. so if, it makes marketing personal, sense and yeah. the personal contact mm-hmm. and you're building relationships with mm-hmm. them all that stuff is good um but you're right ni- you know 99 of bands won't do it they, no. they won't get to even the second step because and that's the big question is it because they fear failure or is it
1: because they fear success because geez if it works I, I'm and not I'm sure, all in, you know. I'm not sure what it is and I think that anybody at the road rally could understand that I don't mind talking to anybody. That wasn't really that's not one of my problems. So I don't understand why not only just talking to anybody, but talking to somebody that loves your music, I can't figure out why the hell you wouldn't want to do that. Um the thing that got me really angry is the people that Almost had uh, an ego sense about it and we covered it in the class and I think that you guys both had seen this. And I said, when He's you're shocking to the studio audience, I am yes. <laughs> but I said I said it was one of one of the more heated moments in the class and I said if if, if people want to share something really emotional, that emotional connection with you, and you're writing a really emotional song, they're, if they're consuming that from you, and you don't feel like consuming an emotion from them, I used a little bit of language I won't use now, but you don't really deserve that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't, and, and I, I, I kind of dislike the people that think that they do. That think that my music is so great and it's so personal for me, you're going to love it, and then if you want to talk to me after the show, I don't really have time for that. as That bothers me. And, it, and it, First of all, if you want to talk in a business sense, that's a terrible move. But if you want to talk just personally, that that bothers me as an artist. And, and
0: it, uh, One of our guests today, maybe more than one of our guests today, uh, and I have spoken. I am the guy that goes to a party and stands in the corner. Mm-hmm. I won't even go to the party. Yeah. I, I'm just not. I'm really not that sociable. I know I'm like, you think I'm sociable, but I'm really not. I don't like people. But, uh At the road rally, it's this weird conundrum for me because there are a couple thousand people there and and they all feel a connection to me largely because of taxi TV and the emails all this stuff. And then, it's really bright today. Um, And and people kept coming up to me all weekend, I feel like I know you. And all I kept thinking is boy, what it would be like to be Jennifer Aniston on Friends or some massive, huge hit TV show. And everybody thinks they know you and i realize there's a certain amount of responsibility that comes with it yeah so i have to force myself to get out of my comfort zone and and go be somewhat sociable because i I can't be the natural introvert that i want to be because i owe them something yeah my family eats dinner every night because of
1: their memberships just now yeah that is a great when, when i was telling some people about it about that and they kind of had that mentality you know Um, which also I don't understand because if you're putting, if you're putting so much vulnerability on a stage in front of a group of people that you don't know, to me, it wouldn't make sense to just have a conversation with somebody. Um, but that I, I definitely am a a different case, but you don't have to, I mean, you know, you have whatever you want to do is, is totally fine. But I mean, I mean like the general person, if you're really introverted and you're a bit anxious, you don't have to just be that way. You can, that can, that's like, that's not really about a music thing like you can change that part of your personality So what I was telling one of one person that I was coaching is if in your mind You're looking at fans and you're saying at, at just at first that these people are buying your music and You're getting money and furthering your career. Just start using that as your motivation to talk to them once somebody starts talking to you you will start feeling that personal connection it maybe not the first person maybe not the second person
0: it's like running a pizza shop or an ice cream joint exactly you know, somebody comes in and, and you know do you want strawberry chocolate or vanilla and that turns into oh where does your kid go to school thanks yep. for coming in today yep so it's not dissimilar yeah it makes can, sense yeah but why musicians first of all um and, of course, none of this applies to you guys, but I've met a couple of narcissistic musicians yeah. in the many, many decades that I've been in the music industry. And you're right. they, Many musicians think of everything from their perspective yeah. when they really should be looking outside in. Right. And, and then right. they would understand how to connect with their audience yeah. better because they would see it from somebody else's perspective mm-hmm. rather
1: than their own. Or wanting, the wanting it from their favorite musician. Yeah. You know, we all love that. You know, I, I think everybody loves that.
0: So what was the most profound thing that you laid on the class? Um, was the, Was there an
1: exclamation point? I don't know. It started, the more we talked, the more that we needed to talk about I, it was, was the direction of the class because it was going very, you know, booking shows and, and like, you know, talking to booking agents, and then, and then it just started getting into the, kind of like that personal area, and then that opened the door, and then we were talking about, like, you know one girl's body language she was scared about telling me about her music but she didn't mind telling me about how many tickets she sold so I told her to knock that right off you know and never start a sentence with um if I ask you what your music sounds like um how so, good does the
0: music have to be
1: that was a joke but uh,
0: <laughs> you know <laughs> we, oh, you too touched too. on that for a second <laughs> um there's so much to say <laughs> when you can do all this mechanical stuff which I agree with I'm not saying it's bad it's good yeah. I think it's really smart um
1: but yeah
0: a lot of people just don't have great songs yeah that and was that's, the, that's
1: a sticky ball though. that's right the, the so ball,
0: ball. now you've gotten that thousand cedar and you've got to have songs you know uh what was uh, the refrain came from the days of the the knights of the round table uh medieval times when minstrels were roving uh that's what they called them right roving minstrels they would go from castle to castle And they found that the minstrels that got invited back, you're going to use this, aren't you? I (laughs) can can tell. Can you see it in my eyes? I can can just feel it. The minstrels that got invited back to this guy's castle and that guy's castle were the ones that had a refrain refrain that repeated something. Because people could remember it because it was repeated. So, uh, I just totally lost where I was going. No, with but the that. songs in front of a thousand
1: people. Yeah, yeah so yeah.
0: you've got to have songs of the hook. Yeah. And yeah. most people don't. Most people walk right up to the
1: precipice of the hook
0: and then they go, well, I'm a little bit afraid to like, really let yeah. it all out. Yeah. And that's what the audience wants. Make it big, repeat it, and oh, yeah. leave them wanting more. Mm-hmm. So, some people uh, instead will tell their life story in such great detail, which is different than the detail in country music where they want you know, um, I can hear the truck t- tires on the gravel road. That's an image that's mm-hmm. a visual image or a sonic oral image that you can hear. Um, but they'll talk about uh, their relationship with their last girlfriend in, in such gory detail that nobody in the room but the person singing it has any idea and they've lost the audience. Yeah, so they've sure. blown the thousand seat opportunity mm-hmm. that they just work so
1: hard. To yeah, get. definitely. I mean, well, when, when we were talking about the, 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 the talent on both ends, and it, it's your responsibility, so, def, so be working on both. Um, yeah, I mean, if this isn't that good, you know, and you kind of like, you know, bring, you're really good at this end, and you bring a thousand people to it and nobody likes it, you know, you can reevaluate. Maybe you're just really good at this, and you can find a band that's awesome and you, they can hire you for this, you know? I mean, if this is, but then again, if this is your passion, you can just go and play in front of nobody, and that's fine, and that fulfills you. Like that's that's really cool. I just love interacting and talking to people, and especially playing live on stage. So.
0: What's your <clears throat> best song, best,
1: best crowd reaction
0: song? I, I've always wanted to ask somebody this. I've never done it. Um, the
1: the touching, heartfelt ballad, or, uh, or the rocker yeah, that you wrote me, 15 like me, minutes. Like, like me personally. Yeah. I don't have one. I don't have one of those ballads. (laughs) I I, I don't. I I personally don't. Yeah yeah. Now
0: now you've got me fixating on um. (laughs) I would think everything should be up tempo because that's audiences want to come and tap their feet. Yeah.
1: Uh, Well, also because I come from like a sort of like basement show punk rock DIY thing from growing growing up, and then I can use that mentality even for um like we're talking about booking, you know what I mean? And using that mentality for other, other genres, um, that also comes out in my music. So there's usually like blood on the stage and a lot of screaming and somebody gets hurt and I break guitars. So that's, so, but that's the crowd that I play in front of. So that's why that works. Right. Okay. If you're playing at a coffee shop in front of 50 people, I don't re- recommend, you know, screaming the F word and breaking your guitar and, I don't stuff. know. Oh, be- actually, never mind. Do that. Yeah, yeah. do I, that. Video tape me. Very popular. Just
0: make sure that <laughs> if you're doing a house concert, the kids have gone to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Almost time for you to go. Okay. Our next guest is coming up. Yeah. Right soon. <laughs> One last question, which is, how long should somebody try this before they go? It's just not catching fire. And when they, when it
1: stops being fun for them. That's a good answer. Yeah. I like
3: it.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people might think that it stopped being fun when they didn't get the number of people that they expected at the gig. It's like making a submission to taxi. You don't get a forward three times in a row. I'm out. Right,
1: yeah. I think really quickly, because this is what the first person that I talked to at the mentor lunch. I use this guy. If if I ever find him, I want you to to reach out to me, please. But he asked me a question that that absolutely scared me. And it was, well, I played a bunch in L.A., and I, wanted, I want to book my first tour. So do I call a booking agency now? And I just looked at him. And of course, I, I was thinking in the in, in nicest way, like, wow, you have no idea what you're talking about. Now, this happened all throughout the rally. Mm-hmm. And the reason that, that that really scared me was um, he's going to go try and book that tour, <coughs> excuse me, book that tour with the lack of information. He's going to give up and he's going to think it's because he's bad not because he doesn't know what he's doing. Ignorance is a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. I, I
0: think that's a lot of people, look music is a form of art. Some people <laughs> uh, paint and, and will never sell a painting. Most people mm-hmm. paint and never sell a painting. A lot of people write a novel and never sell a single copy. A lot of people make music and never sell a single copy. It's it's emotive. Yeah. They want to get it out, it's cathartic. They need to get it out, and a lot of times it comes from a very narcissistic need. Mm-hmm and they don't bother with the business stuff because in the end they believe that because they love their story about their girlfriend that broke their heart that everybody else is going to love it too yeah and that that's that's the secret yeah yeah yeah. what what do they love the audience rather than what do i love about me yeah i mean hopefully the two
1: will intersect i mean that's that's true and just with a that interaction and like the narcissism or whatever it is if you don't actually care what the audience thinks and I know that like a lot of musicians kind of do that like I'm just playing my music I don't want to play and cater to the audience like as an audience member that's kind of being if you want me to keep showing up mm. so if nobody's showing up but you're getting the artistic part out of it just understand that that's what you're doing you know I don't think there's anything wrong with that but you can't just be so sheltered and like you're saying narcissistic about it and not giving anything i was going to say a bad word not giving a a, an s word about the audience and expecting them to give it back to you and that goes back to that kind of selfishness we were talking about earlier i mean you have you can make that decision yeah you know what i mean that's an easy decision to make also real quick because people were blown away by this like kurt cobain and lady gaga and all those huge (laughs) rock stars they all give back they've all given back to their fans they weren't just partying and getting effed up in the in the green room like they all actually did do that so a lot of people think but there was more mystique then yeah but they were still doing it that kind of everyone wants to be the rock star but all the rock stars that we know were doing this the whole way up
0: it's the i call it the one percent rule the same people that would have gotten signed to a major label 20 years ago under that system are the probably the same people at least certainly the same type of people they all have a work ethic yeah yeah, yeah. They, they apply it equally, I believe, to their, their craft of, of music and the, the business stuff.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: there are a lot of people along for the ride that just want to emote. Yeah. They're not willing yeah. to do the work. So, yeah. Russell Brand, thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you for uh, having me. Ryan gone, thank ladies you ladies and gentlemen. What's your <laughs> website?
1: Uh, you guys, if you just type in hit the road uh, on Facebook, that's the, the the thing that you hired me for, okay. uh, and then Among Criminals is the band name. You guys can see all the blood and and, and all that stuff if you, if you like. Love so, blood. Yeah, who doesn't? If it, if it bleeds, it bleeds. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Yep. Thank you, Michael.
0: Ryan, Ryan gone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Video audience is out of control. So if you're wondering why I'm wearing a baseball hat, which you've never seen me wear, you've seen me wear my yellow pimp hat, but never a baseball hat five years of doing the show or six, seven, whatever, Uh, it's because we had a sponsor at the Road Rally, and yes, I'm pimping bats and guitars today. Why? Because first of all, they're really, really incredibly unique guitars. Uh, The sound hole is on the top. So you hear it coming up at your chin. Uh, And there is no hole in the front of the guitar. And the neck and the tailpiece are cantilevered so that they don't touch the front of the guitar. Very interesting design. But at the end of the road rally this year, they actually gave me one. I've got to say, nobody's ever given me anything that nice in my life. So when I opened up the case a few hours ago to play with it in my office, uh, the guitar, um, this hat was in there. So I thought I'd wear it on the show today. Plus, I was having a bad hair day because it's post-road rally and I helped unload the truck. So, without any further delay, I'm going to bring on my next guest, and I have no frigging idea what I'm going to talk to them about, but I'll figure it out before they get over here. So, with that, we we'll better bring over another chair called the Stage for- <laughs> Crew. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Nasby, Adriana Lissette,
2: yay!
0: <laughs> and you may remember Nathan from last year. Rally show. Ooh, I'm getting this on, I? I missed the button. <laughs> Let's scoot in. Um, so, anyway, this light is really bright today. Um, I'm going to have them tell you the story because <laughs> I'm a little brain dead. <laughs> Seriously, I've been waking up at 10 minutes to 5 every morning for. Couple of weeks now, and just came off uh, two and a half months of just working every single day. Two days off, two Sundays off, I think. Um, they met because of taxi. Uh, somebody standing. Are we off the air? I see you standing out there. Come on in. Oh, I just.
2: Was. Oh. <laughs> Not
0: now. Uh, um, people are creeping around outside my office. It's very strange. <laughs> Anyway, uh, they met. uh, They have both been, I don't know how to say this, very popular at the Taxi High School prom. Uh, They are both really well-liked members because they're really good people. I didn't even shake your hands when you came on set. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. I'm so busy trying to stay awake today that I'm just not doing the show all that well. but. Anyway, they're really well loved people and uh, they've collaborated with a lot of other members. So tell everybody how you guys stumbled upon each other and what you've done with that artistic.
4: Well, first off, it's Michael. I mean all of us are here because um, of what you've done. I thought you and, reminded me <laughs> what my <laughs> name is. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Thank you. Your name is Michael. Yes. But I mean we're all here. I met Adriana, I have worked with dozens and dozens of other taxi members, and it's it's because of you.
0: Well, thank you. And she's the only one from my little hometown, Um, Adriana, and I grew up in the same hometown. Not at the same time, I'm old enough to be her dad, (laughs) or she's young enough to be my kid. (laughs) Anyway, um, so, well, thank you for that nice compliment, but you can tell more of the story now. Yeah,
4: more of the story. (laughs) Um, I think we had both heard each other's music before Mm -hmm. last year's rally. Through and, other
0: mutual friends, yeah, in the taxi circle. Yeah,
4: you had uh, collaborated with Pedro and, and other people, and and I think we'd kind of been you know listening to our stuff, going, yeah, they're kind of great. It would be fun mm-hmm. to do something together, and I think the first thing we did was I uh, the God Bless America listing. That's right. Wow. And I reached I out to that. Adriana, and I'd heard her voice for a while, and I thought it would be a lot of fun getting her to sing something. So she
0: she could sing the phone book. I've said that before. <laughs> she really has an amazingly. Wonderful voice
4: in English and Spanish, so it's <laughs> true. So, yeah, so we we started there, and then we had never met. We did that listing and got a return, but you know, like everything that happens with those, we we learned so much. Mm-hmm. Do you remember
0: what you learned from that one? Because I can't imagine you guys getting a return on God Bless America. I think it
4: wasn't dark enough. I think, oh, you know, Which,
2: it was, I got a forward. Yeah. I did my own version.
4: She yeah, wouldn't. Go. She, she, she didn't <laughs> yeah. tell me that. That's the best thing
0: I've heard she in She didn't long tell time.
4: me that. She's like. Because <laughs> you had said, you said you did your own version. And then she's like. Just saying. Okay, this is going to get ugly here real fast.
2: We're disbanding now. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so then,
4: I think you picked it up from there at the end of the rally
2: mm-hmm.
4: after we did it. But I mean. I think we knew, right, for the first song, working together, it was like, that was really yeah, easy. Yeah, it was
2: just, yeah, really quick, so, yeah, and then it was the next rally where we met for dinner or something.
4: Yeah, th- well, same rally, because we did the listing before,
2: mm-hmm. and
4: then we, I, I think you sent me a note and, and said, do you want to go hang out or, you know, get a meal, and it was yeah. it was after the rally was done, things were winding down, and uh, we just sat down and said, let's let's talk about doing some more together, so
0: do you Mm -hmm. feel like you're cheating on your other taxi spouses (laughs) Uh, I I wondered about that when I saw you guys because they have started a a, a band or a duo called South and Royal and I went oh that makes sense they would sound really good together and I went to the site and checked out and they sound really good together but I know many of the other people that you've both collaborated with and it is Mm -hmm. when you kind of drift off to do another project do you ever feel like Oh, I'm no longer working with Pedro. He's not good enough for me anymore.
4: There's a very yeah. cool, cool <laughs> ebb and flow in the group. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I added it up, and it's it's a ridiculous number of other taxi members that I've worked with, and it, everybody ha- goes in kind of different directions. So you start projects sometimes, and, and I've had projects that took two years to finish with some some members. Other ones wow. where we've done several EPs, you know, a lot of material together, and sometimes they fall off the wagon sometimes you do and it's but there's a a graciousness and i've never met this in other a and r's or other musical communities where it's like everybody gets it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know we've we both worked with people where it was like uh and you get you get you do get nervous and tense and go Mm -hmm. okay are they gonna be awkward with this and and it never is you know it's it's a credit to this community you guys that
0: I, i love this community i really do sometimes i feel like um I can't, not worthy or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, people come up to me at the rally and go, you did all this. You started all this. And I feel like all I did was lay the foundation and maybe put up the corner poles, but it is the people. I couldn't have forced the taxi community to happen. You know, you just can't make that happen. It, it, it's because of the people that are in it. And I watched this um, Sunday night when I normally leave the rally on Sunday night around 9 or 10 o'clock, but last night I stayed in the hotel and I went down to the bar and walked around for a few minutes, and I would see how the the contingencies of people had changed throughout the course of the weekend, who the people I saw hanging out together Thursday night were now commingling in yet another pod of four people, and, and there is this interaction. A- and. Uh, Do you think it's social media that keeps you guys connected, or the taxi forum, which I guess is probably an early form of social media, but what is it that binds this diverse group of musicians who make all different kinds of music from all over the world? Um, Some people barely speak English. That's only the Canadians, I guess, but... um, (laughs) Sorry, I had to get one (laughs) Canadian joke in there, because he's so nice, he wouldn't give me any, you know what, for giving him a hard time but um i don't know it, it's it really is mystifying to me when i look at, at the interactions and how tight these people are I and mean, people like dean crapain who's been around taxi forever he's beloved by all he's worked with so many people um and i just kept seeing dean going from pod of people to pod of people to pod of people mm-hmm. all weekend long and uh I, I, the whole thing to me is a little befuddling, and when people say to me, it's because of you, it's not. All I did was put down the foundation, because you can't
4: make people into who they are. Well, and I think for us, too, when we started what we were doing, again, it, it's encouraging, because we everybody's like out of the woodwork excited about what we're doing. Yeah, there was none of this tension. Right. It's just everybody sees this and, and I think a lot of people were like, yeah, that really makes sense. Our vocal styles, mm-hmm. uh, even personalities, you know, mm-hmm. we just really work well together. And there there was no, well, what are you doing over there? It was just, yeah, this this is really cool. So,
0: so how far along are you with the project? How many songs have you guys done together? How many have you
2: recorded? Recorded fully, we've got
1: eight, yeah.
2: eight songs now. And like halfway done, maybe five more. Yeah. That that's what we actually just started a, a collaboration for a taxi listing, right? Yep. And it just went so quickly, like just it was so easy to write together and we had so much fun. And it's like, Oh, let's try another one and then after like the second one, it's like let's let's do like a five song E P. These have a distinct sound to it. Let's just see what happens, maybe market it to the library or something. Mm-hmm. Um we got to song five and then it's like, Wait, I have another one, can we stick another idea in there? And,
0: and very little <laughs> if any I know that just recently you guys worked together in Indiana before you came to the road rally, mm-hmm.
2: but
0: prior to that it was all via down a wire, right?
2: Oh yeah. Trading
0: Twelve hundred
4: miles apart. We had
2: yep. never ever played together until a week and a half ago.
4: Yeah.
0: Not even yeah. like in a corner at the road rally last nope. year or anything? Nope. Wow. <laughs> no. Nope.
2: So good thing we got along when we actually hung out in person, right?
4: Yeah, (laughs) it it was scary, because I think for both of us, I mean, we both have our own families. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, obviously, a lot of people think it's weird when you're young, and you have your own families, and you're getting together, and you're committing to being on the road and all this other stuff. And, and it doesn't always work out the chemistry, Mm -hmm. and we both felt Mm -hmm. it. But that first, okay, I'm booking my flight, I'm going to Indiana, Indianapolis, flying in there and it's like, okay, am I gonna like Jake? Is he gonna like me? I'm staying at their house. We're gonna And it was like like the biggest geek fest. like we're playing <laughs> Skyrim together and, and then we're practicing and he's like pulling all this extra duty and weight to make it so that we can be together and do our thing with the music. My
2: husband, and yeah, so Jake. he's talking about. And
4: on my he end, he didn't say his name. Yeah, <laughs> my take. <It's yeah>. <laughs> and I mean, at home for me with my wife, six kids. I know you have six kids? Yeah, yeah, And they're they're around the table. I guarantee you right now they're on watching dad on taxi TV. So. Wow,
0: because I almost just said, "Oh, you know what? <laughs> uh, good thing I didn't." Uh,
4: six kids. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. So, but there there was a, a chemistry that we had. And we took that risk, and I got out there, and it was like, yeah, this this is happening because it just we we were so similar and easy to work together, and just there's an excitement. I both of us felt it that mm-hmm. this is going to go somewhere because we're going to make it go somewhere.
0: Have you guys hung out with um, Paul Otten and Helen Austin, who actually met at a Taxi Road rally, um, probably four years ago now, I think. Um, I think I introduced, I I had a little concert, uh, a showcase up in the presidential suite at the hotel during the rally, and I think I had seven of my favorite writers come up, because there's a grand piano in the room, and had them bring guitars, and we got some sushi and beer or something, and had them each do a song or two, and I remember thinking, I really don't care if anybody matches up out of this group other than Paul and Helen, because they (laughs) sound like they go together. Mm -hmm. Yep. So have you guys? Because you know them, right? Oops, didn't need my own phone. Um, you know them, and uh, they—they're like two years ahead of you in doing a, a, a joint venture partnership. Um, sorry.
4: They've definitely been an inspiration. I don't you, your phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both know Paul and Helen, and I know for me, knowing their story. It's, that's the great thing. Again, this community, you have everybody at different levels and they all kind of push you up. Well,
0: that's what I'm thinking. I mean, there's got to be some something that you could learn from them, the, the mistakes they've made will save you from making that mistake. So I wondered if you guys had chatted with them about oh, yeah, know, what was yeah. the single dumbest thing you did when you started well, that you know, as a duo. Well, you know,
4: with Paul, that's a tough one to nail down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Hey, Paul.
0: <laughs> I actually spoke to him for 30 seconds at this year's Road Rally. I think last year I waved at him twice, you know, from a distance, <laughs> and I consider him a good friend, but uh, it's sad when I'm at the rally. I'm just always like... <laughs> Trying to get to the men's room and back to the ballroom in time for the next panel.
2: Yeah, whenever I see you, you're running.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I really I, I started adding fifteen minutes between panels a couple of years ago so that I would have a little more time, but somehow <laughs> doesn't work out that way. Excuse me. I think that was a rock star burp.
4: I know for us too. <laughs> This commercial has been brought to you by
0: Bats and Guitars and Rockstar Energy Drinks.
4: And we're glad it's not a four D entertainment system. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I I don't know what your take. We haven't talked about this. Well, we've kind of talked about it a bit, coming from a film and TV perspective. And I know you went with talking with Ryan talking about that setup and you're talking about a sticky ball. And what happens when you get that thousand people and you hit hit that stage and you don't have something to deliver on that's going to to make that count. Mm. And um, one thing that both of us have talked about a lot as we built this is how glad we are we started from a, a business and marketing. and the mm. headspace of, let's like we came to the rally with eight songs. We thought we'd have twelve to fifteen. And we pulled it back. Actually, uh, Robin in, in the Taxi TV, you did play one of our songs, Far Away. Robin Frederick, right. yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love, we have all our books, obviously. Just an amazing uh, critique. And, and we were inspired before coming. And it was like, yeah, we can push this. We can polish this, get another 10% or mm-hmm. 20 or whatever. And we didn't press it. We didn't finish it. We thought, let's go to the rally. Let's get, and we were so glad. Talking to Ryan, some of the stuff and touring. That we were looking at uh, pushing those songs before we take it to press. It was a it was a different headspace than going here. Yeah, our songs really aren't that great, but we've got the artistic ego. We think they're great. Let's <laughs> press it. Let's take it out there. And it's like, no. Let's let's make it as good as we can. And rally this year for us was entirely about making sure it's 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 there before we take it to the thousands. So what seat. did you
0: do to make sure it's there? The classes, uh, uh, you know. Which classes? What what types of things? other than... I, I'm just doing me.
4: all the talk. I, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just sit back here for a I'm second.
0: I'm enjoying the fact that you're doing all the talking. Not, not that I don't want to... I'm just enjoying the fact that I don't have to do any talking. Because I was as funny as I could be when um, uh, Russell Brand was on the show. And now I, I just blew the whole thing right there there. I'm not funny anymore.
4: Take it away, boss. Well, I
2: don't, I don't know. Because for me, the, the focus was more on the performance because that's, that's just not... I don't have a lot of experience performing, so really for me the open mic was a wow. big deal. Um, hmm. Just to kind of gauge what that's like, and
0: I would have thought you would have a ton. I mean, you could literally sing the phone book and, and get an audience's <laughs> well, attention. I can't I've been believe... a
2: worship leader, so I guess that's that's performance. So I, I mean, I'm comfortable on a stage and singing and stuff, yeah. but um, like this kind of project is a new thing. So for me, it was more that was the focus and. Um, because of Rally and Taxi, I have a lot of mentors that have just helped me along, so it was cool that they came just to listen to us play, and then afterwards they gave us feedback, and it was just, that for me was what I took away from it, it's just their their thoughts, and wanting to know does the lyric translate in the live setting, um, mm. because I'm so film and TV minded, um, it's like, well this is a new, new thing, so will this connect emotionally, will people identify with this, um, so that Makes was super sense.
0: helpful. I, um, we were talking about that with our previous guest, Ryan Gaughan, playing the role of Russell Brand. I'm going be doing that all day long. Um, yeah, it, it can't be just about you and mm-hmm. your story. It's got to be a story that's about them. As, as uh, I'm sure you guys have heard, if you've ever been in one of Ralph Murphy's things at the Road Rally, he always yep. talks about inviting the listener in. Yeah. And, and I golf with Ralph, I think two or three days a year. He comes out here, he stays at our house and we golf. And every time I'm in the golf cart, it's like Ralph, explain to me what inviting them in means again. I remember the phrase and, and he says, You have to have something that opens the door and says, This song is for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's smart that you thought what was the feedback that you got? Were you I, I know your your taxi brethren um, won't sugarcoat it.
2: No. <laughs> That's well, for sure. <laughs>
0: um, well, they, they wouldn't want you to sugarcoat it to them either. So no, what was the no. feedback that you got?
4: I think we went with a plan. We had mentors that we knew we, we really highly respect. Well, everybody, all of the people that are at the mentor level on Taxi, we respect. But we had the names of people, we both got tickets to the mentor lunches. Um, mm-hmm. I had taken a year off, I'd done mentor lunches before, and I'd gotten very busy with on the film and TV at the publishing end. And we shifted gears in the artist direction so this year was about that so we had you know looking at the mentor bios and going okay we know they're going to be at the lunch we both sat at different tables and Mm -hmm. we were trying to connect with anyone who was involved Mm -hmm. with songwriting
0: did any of those mentors end up at your tables because we do get complaints (laughs) from time to time where people say Damn, it, we shift the mentors every 15 minutes and you get 5 or 6 during a luncheon, but we can't guarantee with 30 tables that you're going to get a performance coach or a writing coach.
4: Mm-hmm. And this is an interesting point that, that I would say, you, your mentor table hit, hit right on She Met Ryan from that table, yeah. Brooke, um, is it Ferry? Brooke Ferry. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of great people that we knew we wanted to connect with. At my table, I got people that I knew that were in the film and publishing but this is something we talk about a lot and and what I think even the members that don't progress and don't succeed it's about your attitude I didn't get the mentors I wanted I didn't care I got what I could out of that I went away and I looked for another opportunity and if you're gonna be the kind of person who just gets upset that that opportunity didn't come to you, you're probably going to miss another one because you're too busy complaining about what didn't happen your way.
0: I've never actually personally met a musician that complained about anything, so I'm really shocked <laughs> by hearing <laughs> about this. <it, laughs> <but it's... laughs>
4: you know, to me, as because I do feel very blessed, and, you know, this is my fourth year into the rally. To some people, they'd go, oh, you know, it had different reactions. Four years, like you're not, like, on the chart. Expectation is well, so different for people. For me... I've been at this my whole life. Four years in, I feel like I'm fast-tracking because I look back and I go, I knew nothing. I listened to the first songs that I produced and Andy, like, I'd go on the forums and I'd say, how's this, like, this is like number one material here. And then Andy would write <laughs> me a two-page response and I'm like, wow, that bad? But the member feedback, people are, are thinking, I gotta get this hand up, you know, this, this the right, pe-. and I'm like, the people that I realized very quickly on the member level that were light years ahead of where I was and you you have to listen to everybody that's around you and and I think that's like attitude makes such a big difference when you're when you're at that beginning well anywhere because there's always somebody above you
0: it's mm-hmm. funny about an hour before you got it on now I, I threw pizza in on top of it
4: <laughs> he's digging through the garbage I right am now. digging there's through just...
0: the garbage right now <laughs> this was going to be my speech for the road rally this year I'll, I'll show it to the the viewers at home, lottery speech. I I had this idea, I was in my car, I'm left-handed, and I found out that I actually write more legibly with my right hand, but I was driving, and there was a post-it stuck on the outside of my briefcase for no reason. And I grabbed a pen out of the door pocket, shifted it to my right hand, and wrote down lottery speech. I was going to give a speech at the opening of the road Rally talking about how... So it really irks me when people say, oh, the music business is a lottery. You can't control the lottery. You can control your destiny uh, being an artist, being a film and TV music licensing person. So I I was halfway done writing a speech on this very laptop, and... uh, I saw a post online, whose thing did I read at the beginning of the rally, um, uh, Matt Vanderbilt, who you mm, both know, yeah. Yeah. and, and he, he wrote an email talking about, uh, this is my five year history with taxier. I Yeah, every year he does like an annual report on yeah. his progress. And the thing that really got me was the first year, nothing. Second year, little trickle, and not even any money, but, you know, a few forwards. Third year, it's like, woo-hoo, I got some stuff signed to the library. Fourth year, he made a whopping $1,000. Most people are like, better (laughs) off buying lottery tickets. All of a sudden, in his fifth year, he had one quarter where his ASCAP or BMI check, excuse me again, um, was substantial enough that he quit his day job because he knows um, from the trajectory of his friends that it's going to keep going up and up unless he stops. And uh, so he's a, a teacher at Boise State University, and he gave notice he's quitting his job. But it just goes to show that the five year plan works, yeah. mm-hmm. but you can't give up three and a half years in. And they go, mm-hmm. oh crap, five year plan didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you guys have a, a, a genre that you would define your sound?
2: Mm-hmm. We'd say we're folk. Okay. We're folk duo.
0: Do you wear like hippie chick skirts? <laughs> No. Big dangly ear. Like we're not, not hipsterful. <laughs> yeah.
4: We're trying to change that image, <laughs> <laughs> doing no. what we can. <laughs> uh,
0: what has been the most challenging aspect of working together? I, I, I know you guys <laughs> both well enough, um, Adriana is the literally the only person outside of my immediate family that I am connected to with, using one of the social apps. And it's because she's a lovely woman, and I don't mean physically so much as the person she is, and she's from my hometown, so it's like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> and, 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 so I will actually respond to her online, and uh, and Nathan's just like,
4: stop it. <laughs> He's going to get an email from me, later, me. later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those guys. Yeah.
0: Um, it's Donald Trump calling again.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I know
0: tomorrow's the 8th. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> where the hell was The hardest thing.
4: The hardest thing. Oh, yeah. oh, the
0: hardest thing working together. This I know is easy but, one. that you're both it's, incredibly it's, nice people. But every musical relationship, just like any regular relationship, has got to have a speed bumper or two, which I is I can't people. wait
4: to hear yours. I can't wait.
2: Well, he's got a massive ego. So that's Most the biggest. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I think it's just we live in two different countries. Um, I have a three year old daughter at home. My husband works seven days a week right now to kind of help buffer the fact that I'm investing in this project. And wow. music. So it's. it's but you're just talking about a little you, crazy. not me
4: you got to pick on me with this one. I'll, well, I'll get to you. I'm getting there. Oh, he's, she, okay. She's, She's just, just being started. narcissistic. <laughs> She's cushioning the insult by self-degradation. Sorry, go ahead.
2: I lost it. No, but that, that's been, um, it's just tricky with the time. So I stay home all day with my three-year-old, and I don't work in the studio until she goes to bed at night. So by that time, I'm exhausted. And so I start working at 9 o'clock at night, until I can't stay awake anymore, so, um, so that's been interesting, but it's like Ryan was talking about when you love what you do, mm-hmm. I don't even mind, it, and I like my marriage is great because my husband knows I'm so happy doing this, so, like it's, you're tired, but you're like happy tired, so it's like I'm just gonna keep doing this. There's um, something
0: addictive about the studio. Mm-hmm.
2: So,
4: yeah. I'm still waiting for the yeah. wet towel to the face. <laughs> yeah, when do you get to. He's, he, he, he's the Like, oldest. I got my list. I, you better get to it. Uh, when do you get to the part okay, where seriously you're being the only though, nasty Canadian? Seriously, there is absolutely nothing either of us have ground about. i I, I don't know no. why. We are so similar. We have stayed up late chatting about that. We geek out over the same silly <laughs> musicals. Every show, we're quote. I start whistling. I've was heard with that the other day? thing
0: about you and the musicals
4: before. Oh
2: <laughs> uh, Seven brides for seven brothers. I'm whistling like, like awesome. "Bless Your
4: Beautiful Hide," <laughs> and she's like seven brides for seven brothers." Like that's how how, you know, familiar souls. Yeah. And this, I mean, it's gonna sound silly for for, we just don't have anything. We have connected on such a there's such a chemistry there. Now, when we're sitting in a smelly tour van someday maybe, <laughs> running around, those issues are going to come up. I, I I can't foresee any because we just ha- we have a, a really deep respect for each other's personal lives, for the sacrifices. Like for me, um, I quit my day job five, six years ago to do music full time. Wow. Very I have soft. six kids. I have a wife. So. I have a whole different Is set your of wife pressures. Is a brain surgeon? How I, wish, I wish. I wish. <laughs> Stay-at-home mom, amazing person, she works harder than I do. Um, and
0: Being married to you, it's obvious. Yeah,
4: <laughs> obvious. But we, we both work hard. We respect where each other, where we're at. I know that mm-hmm. when I send her something to do, or she sends me stems and I'm doing something, we know, I think we've we've communicated. And a lot of people, I know the groups that I've been in, I've been in cover bands and and worked with a lot of other guys in this, and it's when the communication doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I think both of us coming off of other, you know, uh, collaborations that didn't go as well, and everybody has those, and we we kind of, I think, when we started, we kind of were tippy-toeing into it. Not Mm -hmm. because we didn't love each other's work, but we were like, I I don't want to make mistakes. I think we wanted to make this work.
2: Yeah, and another thing that's really important for not only like you and I working together, but I'm other collaborations I've done is just like everything we do is 50-50. There's no like, oh, you wrote more of the lyrics on this song than I did, so I want a different cut or, you know, oh, I, I produced more of this song, so, you know, I want the credit. Like it's, it, this is a partnership, so. Um,
4: and the trust element, like it, it's very, like, I don't know how to say that, but for us, when we started the project, probably I was putting more of my own material into the South and Royal thing, Mm -hmm. but when you trust the person that you're working with, she has Mm -hmm. more than compensated, and it kind of goes back and forth, you know, we've co-written, she's given a song, I've given a song, but we have that respect and trust in each other that we're both working our butts off, and, you know, Mm-hmm. I think we both have that. South attitude. and
0: Royal, are those your maiden names or the streets going <laughs> on or what?
4: Well, we didn't use an indie band name generator for that, thankfully, because that kind of kills it. But it was, it was really just a nod to the geographic span, you uh-huh. know. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I get it. Royal is a Canadian. <laughs> our,
4: our, our logo is actually um, most of the, the compass with the arrow and a crown in the center. So we've got the map and and some of that alludes to it. And then, you know, North America, the crown of, of, or Canada, the crown of North America. So he just tried to pull in some of the symbolism that really hinted at the geography. Cool. Um,
0: Almost time to kick you off. (laughs) It's so fun having multiple guests. I feel so omnipotent, powerful. (laughs) It's like, okay, your time is up. As if I have an actual production crew, you know? Okay, one last thing before you go, and that is, what are the immediate plans? Uh, now that you've got that body of work done, um, when do you guys plan on going out and doing your first tour?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, um, we're just finishing up production still on some songs. Um, we want to finish up a few more, and then uh, we're going to tour Canada. So.
0: The, uh, in the middle of winter?
4: No, yeah, that's. You know, I, okay, going well, to work that S- one out. Yeah, starting, starting in Saskatchewan. I haven't seen that look before. It's like yeah.
2: See, Canada winter. <laughs> I, I knew I could. Bust Conflict. Them up. <laughs> the First argument, right? Yeah. yeah
0: I mean Saskatchewan.
4: It, <laughs> I, I in only. Wyoming. I know. I, I live, live in Montana, Montana. Right. Wyoming. So. Yeah but uh, i've i've got contacts in toronto i've played cmw canadian music week our our local arts councils really supportive i've shared as we've come up now released material i have kept my local contacts in the loop and built up some interest you know we put together basic press kit to to keep the interest there so booking our the the radius mm-hmm. and you know it's funny that that ryan mentioned that because that probably inspired me more than anything on a taxi tv and you, you wouldn't know this. I don't think I've ever told you this story. The the first year I was a member, and Taxi TV was playing, and you were taking comments, and I and I typed, "How do you get interest from a label?" And you had said, "That's so flaky. Like, why, why would you ask that?" It's so like, flaky. I no,
0: I wouldn't say it's flaky. No, it,
4: but but um, what was what? And, and it does it does come <laughs> off. It does come off a little flaky. No, I didn't think it was
0: flaky. Um, come on, there had to be some other adjective. I wouldn't use flaky, uh, but whatever. Okay, so I wasn't impressed be, with your dumb little question. Yeah, you're and,
4: but that, that <laughs> didn't bother me. What what I loved is after the fact is you went into that analogy because I always thought you you start at the top, right? And the, right. the mistakes you make, and then I look back four years ago, and I go, okay, well here's Michael saying, no, oh, start your fifty, yeah. you know, mile radius. And that's where I started. I started doing the you know, the the local stuff close to home. It may have been a twenty minute set, a forty minute set, and then I got talking to the arts councils and who are the people that are gonna get me a better venue with better ticket sales, better better merch sales. And it kind of then led to CMW in Toronto and then connections there built up the excitement for playing other venues in the hundred mile rate. You know, it's it and that was just from in my first year taxi. So all of that stuff we're going to start there with South and Royal because I've built that and then we're going to talk to Ryan and yeah. figure out Europe. Yeah.
1: Definitely
0: Europe. So <laughs> the concentric circle thing actually worked for you, but it sounds like the, 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 what do you call it in Canada where they give you free money for nothing?
4: Oh uh, yeah, we've got a good in Canada factor, Canada <laughs> <Right>. Council, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've received a lot of travel grants. i receive received almost every year, uh, it's amazing a factor, but they have songwriter grants. I come to the rally and I get a certain amount back just to cover travel expenses. So maybe we have I should great Maybe they would start support. doing a rally
0: in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they would pay. Maybe Canada yeah. would pay for like half the rally. Very likely. Uh, I like that idea. Yeah, People that's
2: are... why I'm going to Canada. And... Yeah, we <laughs> have we have great.
4: But realistically, I don't see that infrastructure to support the arts in the U.S. A lot of countries don't have that. What's your tax rate? Um, so depends on now. your income bracket, 34 to, you know, if you go up into the fifties, so it, it depends.
0: How much into the fifties? What if you're making 200 grand a year? How much would, what percentage would your taxes?
4: Probably the high fifties. And
0: I'm do guessing. you guys also have, like state and federal taxes? Yeah.
4: yeah. There's the provincial and right. the federal level. So, wow. Yeah. And we're, so we're, we're at, I think, 13% provincial tax. So
0: that's, that's definitely, well, no, California, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm always impressed by Factor and the stuff that Canada does for the yep. arts and I've always wondered how they pay for that We every now and then we'll get a listing where they only want Canadian content mm, and, and it, it's tough because we do have probably 5, 6, 7% of our members are Canadian but there's not a big enough body of Canadians to produce enough music that's going to First of all, that will submit to that or or it'll be in their genre. Second of all, that will make it over the bar. So every time one of those comes in, we all kind of go, oh, can Canadians. (laughs) But we like you, Nathan.
4: That's why I keep coming back.
0: I know. (laughs) <laughs> well, I wish you guys the best of luck, and I think that uh, you're smart to uh, take, uh, I was going to say Barry Manilow. <laughs> oh,
1: <geez. laughs> Ryan Gaughan's advice. <laughs> I, I really
0: enjoyed our discussion before. I really did. And, and, you know, the concentric circle thing was conceptualized back in the days of the old system, and, and everything's different now. Um, so. I like Ryan's system and uh, keep me posted how it works yeah, out yeah, and yeah. thank you for coming on the show and coming out for the road rally and <laughs>
3: thank um, you, thank Adriana's
0: you. my tenderloin buddy she knows there's <laughs> a particular kind of sandwich you can only get in like Indiana Illinois and Iowa and she knows what it is and I'm envious that she lives <laughs> there and I don't <laughs> with that I would like to thank you guys and say goodbye to Adriana Lissette and Nathan yeah. Nasby South and Royal ladies and gentlemen And that's it for today's time.
2: Kidding.
1: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: and now we'd like to introduce our next guest,
3: Mr. Russell Landwehr. <laughs> Hi, Hi. Have a seat. Thank you. Well, it is bright here on the stage, isn't it? It is today. I don't know why. What I I think
0: I got the overheads up a little too high. I know I look washed out. The baseball hats and I don't get along either. So. <laughs> um, Okay, let's just read a yeah, couple of comments. I want to see who's here. in
3: the in the in the Where, chat room because I'm. Paulie, hey, you're hey. home already, Paulie. My buddy Paul's in there. I know you said uh, um, we will write. You was in there too. Met uh, him for the first time this yeah. uh, week. It was great. Peter Ray. Hey, hey Peter R., what's happening, dude? Steinl's home too. Look like at that. Yeah, he's... or maybe he's still here. I'm... Oh, he's, hey. yeah, he's, maybe he's still at the Westin. If you yeah. are, we'll, we'll have drinks later, right? Because I'm headed back there in a little while. I'm back. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going back
0: for an entire year. And they love me at the Weston. They always say, you know, if you and your family ever get hung up at LAX and you know one time we actually went to the Weston because our flight to a ski trip was canceled and it was moved from like four in the afternoon on a Thursday to six AM on a Friday and I called the Weston and said, Hi, it's Michael from Taxi. Can I please have a room? And they said yes. Come so yeah. right over and they, uh, they took a great They
3: care they, of they comp your t- room and everything to bed um, I know, paid I, probably paid you to stay there. No, but the
0: the Western LAX, gotta tell you, it is an awesome hotel, and I don't make anything from saying that. It's just our members really love it. We do the rally there, um, and they're they're wonderful people, and they try hard to satisfy. Um, yeah, and was, they let me park the cab there
3: all year long. Yeah, that was nice of them too. Yeah, fantastic rally this year. Thank you. Yeah, uh, um, it was it was great. Uh, it was oh, pretty wild seeing you working real hard behind the scenes too. Uh, it
0: was <laughs> I gotta quit saying, um, now, uh, <laughs>
3: damn that Russell Brand.
0: <laughs> I'm never gonna say, um, as long as I live, I'm so
3: self-conscious. So I'm sure you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, it
0: was uh, Thursday morning. I got to the hotel Wednesday night around 9 or 10 p.m. Thursday morning, I woke up at 10 minutes to 5. I went downstairs, pulled out the computers to set up the whole database system, get the network up and running, which I'm not that techy. I'm okay on a computer, but... Not Mr. Networking Guy or IT Guy. And Russell saw me and said, do you need any help? And, and he hung out with me for probably four hours down there while we were setting that stuff up. And yeah, like up, up until it
3: was time to do the stage. The yeah. stage stuff, which he worked on
0: uh, with a couple of our other longtime volunteers. And they did a wonderful job. But he was there when we turned on the computer with Networking Boy. And, and Networking Boy said, looky there, you have no database. Yeah. And I went... Yeah. We, uh, I'm sure it's there somewhere.
3: I, I got out my smelling salts and put them <laughs> under your nose.
0: Luckily, we had the database backed up on the server back at the office, and the uh, IT guy was able to log into the server here and grab it and bring it back down there, and we only lost a couple hundred names which had been entered after the backup happened. So. All was okay, but uh, your help was greatly appreciated. I was glad to
3: help. I just couldn't believe you were trying to do it all yourself. There's no way. Well, I just appreciated the fact that you spooned me. (laughs) (laughs) I was going through all that trauma. It
0: was fun. Uh, Anyway, uh, Russell taught a class this time for the first year ever at the Rogue Valley, which, you know, here's what I love about the community. How long have you been
3: a member? Uh, six or seven years, something like that.
0: So, all of a sudden, you kind of hit my radar probably three years ago, four Prob- years probably, ago. yeah. And I watch this bumper crop of people come up all the time. I could probably, there we are, it's a two-shot now. Oh, look, we're both in there now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love the fact that I see people like Dean Krapain, who's been around forever, or Matt Hurt, who's been around forever. And these guys kind of graduate to uh, this iconic status, but yet they still hung out with the more lonely uh, people. Yeah, the little guys, the appointment. Yeah. And And uh, it's always been that way. And there's no, like, we're too cool for you. There is none of that. And and now I've seen you and other people ascend to where you're juniors in high school now. Yeah, yeah. And and now the freshmen are looking up to you guys. And there's such a camaraderie and, and such a ladder going on that it blows my mind that musicians are normally like competitive with each other but not at the rally.
3: It does seem like that sometimes but the the whole the whole taxi community it's it's very much like pay it forward it's it's like um, you know we've had people pay it to us it's time for us to pay it to other people and and it's it's just it's the love fest of taxi especially the taxi rally but the, the whole love fest is it's very much like family, even better than family. You know, because some people don't like family. Are you fans. watching the show, <laughs> Mrs. Landry? Uh, uh, <laughs> Actually, it's going to be live on tape later because she's with my son at a soccer uh, awards banquet. But uh, oh, after this, she might be in a meeting with a divorce attorney. I'm gonna have to block her computer from. Actually, she works for a divorce attorney. <laughs> and you married her? I, Are you out of your mind? I I married her twice. That was great. Oh, oh man. But uh, but no, it, the whole the whole. Camaraderie of taxi has always been pay it forward, um, and everybody, especially <laughs> in the forums, so you still blow away no, by I'm that. So stuck <laughs> on the fact
0: he married a woman who works for a divorce attorney. <laughs> Any ask
3: anybody who's ever been through a
0: divorce, they would tell you that's like the dumbest thing in the world to do.
3: Oh, thanks. Now you tell me. <laughs> I knew I should have called call
0: him hey, Okay, I'm going to ask Should I marry her or not? <laughs> Gain my composure. <laughs> act professional. With probably a little late for that. Yeah, today, I mean, we're Anyway, all I'm sorry. Where ever. were you were talking yeah, about no, the it's
1: community?
3: the whole community and and you find it first in the taxi forums because um, joining the taxi forums and, and being in there it's forums with an s as he always says Dot taxi.com. You get in there and 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 you get people helping you along in the whole process of what taxes is all about and and learning and what the music business is all about mm-hmm. and then pretty soon you get some knowledge of that and then you're able to pass that knowledge along to other people and b- because you had it passed on to you and that in and, and it's not so much a sense of um, of, uh, of being required to do it it's just you you feel like you want to because um, because it is such a happy and, and, and supportive family you know it's like AA for musicians it is uh. yeah <laughs> how come
0: uh no not how come you chose a topic that i don't think we've ever done and we typically do somewhere between 75 and 90 different breakout classes at every road rally plus we do typically 15 or 16 panels in the grand ballroom plus we do one-to-one mentoring that's free for everybody we don't charge like some other billion dollar companies that have hundreds of employees and do big conventions charge for their one-to-one mentoring but that's their choice I get
3: it. Uh, um, yeah. do Nobody yeah. notices it until you notice it. I know, I know. It's like
0: bad breath. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I've got my Listerine
0: breathments here. I'm good. All right. Uh, yeah, you're fine. Okay. i kiss you. <laughs> Spooning was enough. <laughs> anyway. I sure hope Mrs. Nasby put the six kids to bed right. Now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, with all those classes and all these years, 20 years of doing the road rally mind you, we've never done your topic, I don't believe which was.
3: My topic was basically about time management, uh, especially for musicians. for musicians basically. And it had to do I called it finding time and making time. And what brought me to do this this class was in the uh, in the in the forums a lot of times you see people in the forums saying I just don't have time I can't I can't do this I can't do this music I'm gonna have to I don't know if I'm gonna sign back up for another year of taxi because I just don't have time to do this and 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 it really frustrates me to see people say they don't have time to do this um that they have time to watch a hockey game they do if they're canadian
0: oh yeah okay. i bet they have time to watch tv you know uh, it's or, amazing how much time you can fritter away yeah, yeah or, or fiddle about
3: or, on your facebook and uh, yep. or whatever you know yep. um and and but they keep saying oh you know i don't have the time i think you I know mean, and we we get in there in the forums and we tell them you know what you you do have the time you just need to structure it better you need to You know, Basically, put your cowboy boots on and just walk out there in the crap and 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 <laughs> buckle down to it. And
0: but that's hard. People don't want to do that. That's like you know reading oh. one of Stephen uh, Stephen Pressfield's books. Uh, you know, uh, battling with resistance. Yeah, exactly. Fact, I mean, but yet all of all of our successful see right there recommended Mark, reading, getting things done. Do you know I didn't finish that book? You didn't finish that. You, you couldn't funny, get it done. I, I couldn't finish that book. <laughs> but have and I read about that. a book a week. And but generally, is, but this war, is the
3: recommended reading that I'm passing out to. My class in an email can later. i can i yeah, go ahead. Out? yeah okay
0: getting things done
3: uh the
0: art of stress-free productivity by david allen i didn't finish it the war of art uh winning the inner creative battle by stephen pressfield got it. you will finish pressfield's books they're they're page turners you can't put them down turning pro tap your inner power and create your life's work stephen pressfield um grit uh, the power of passion and perseverance by angela Duckworth. great book Pleasure Trap, Mastering the Hidden Force that Undermines Health and Happiness by John McDougall. I've not read that one. Uh, so Good They Can't Ignore You. I've read that one. Why Skills Trump Passion and the Quest for Work You Love by Cal Newport. These are so Who um, names their kid Cal Newport yeah. other than somebody from California? It
3: was probably right? Calvin, and he got... Uh, yeah. And moved to Newport. And Beach. moved to Newport, yeah. yeah. Uh, but those books uh, deal with a lot of this subject that I talk about in there. And what I wanted to do with this is... And what I actually did with it, imagine that, was to to work with the um, scheduling your life in a manner that uh, focuses on freeing up your time and your energy for the music. Mm-hmm. Now, the main thing, that, and uh, you've read the, the book uh, um, Getting Things Done, and the main no, thrust, I read that, Okay, you read a, the first part of it, and so you basically got the gist of what he was talking about doing, and that's getting junk out of your head it's it's about um freeing up your mind from having to remember things all the time because it's going to remember the wrong things at the wrong time it's going to make you totally inefficient so what do you do take psychotropic drugs you do yeah you got this little pill no but what it is is um you basically take it out of your mind and put it in a fixed place whether it's on paper on a calendar in a uh, an app on your phone because we all have well, I don't have mine, so I'm kind of messed up. There you go, right there. I like the color it lit up before. It was really pretty green. That oh, was you. really cool. But um, the, the, um, we've all got these these smartphones with us, and they make these apps that you can put all those tasks that you've got to do, that you're trying to hold up in your mind or remember that you've got to do, and you can have them and organized not just by type of task, but also um, where you're going to be when you're going to be doing that task so if you 're shopping you 've got a list that says shopping, and you could probably have your groceries and your and your hardware and everything in there if you wanted it, or you could separate that up as well. But the whole idea is you 've got it on you at all times you don 't have to remember anything here because everybody 's tried to remember their grocery list and gone gone to the grocery and forgot to bring ice cream home that all three times you we went to the grocery, which isn't a bad no, thing. Nobody ever forgets the ice cream. No, it's true. <laughs> broccoli, maybe. Okay. Well, yeah, and, the broccoli. and I do
0: co-mingle my hardware and, and groceries because sometimes you have to put nails in tomatoes and
1: always, when Halloween comes around. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kidding, kids. Yeah. <laughs> the Nasby
3: kids are all screaming, no, but, no,
0: daddy's <laughs> hanging out with the bad man. <laughs> Watch
3: this guy. But the whole idea is to get everything out of out of yeah. your head to free up your brain so that when you are in the time that you have scheduled to work on music, that that your brain is free from distractions and free from the pressure of everything that's been going on. And one of the things that that I brought up that I got the most comments from from people was um, giving time to your spouse. That was one of my. Um, especially if she works for a divorce yeah, she especially works for. A I can't
0: wait to get home
3: for dinner tonight <laughs> hey honey you think we got a bet <laughs> but the thing is um, when you're when you're with when you're with somebody you've chosen to live your life with them um, and and to have a life together you you have not just a responsibility to do that but you can gain so much energy from that relationship but we spend a lot of time trying to pull something from that other person. Okay, so it's, it ends up being a struggle. I'm trying to get more time from you. I'm trying to get more time for you. Your wife's nagging at you, your husband, or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or your it friend, and and you're trying to very politically Thank correct. Thank you. Good um, job. And, and and they're trying to get more of your time, and they're nagging at you, trying to get more time, and, and you're in the studio, and you're trying to get some work done. They keep coming in and bugging you. Well, there's a reason they're doing that. The reason they're doing that is they don't feel like you've given them enough time. Well, it turns into the struggle of trying to pull back and forth. If what you can do straight up front is give them time, give them and give them quality time. It's just not time where you're both sitting there watching TV, uh, zoned out, just... Shoulder to shoulder because that just does not work, um, unless you're not actually watching the TV. If it's something else, then I mean that's quality time. But but there is we've got kids watching. Yeah, this. well, I meant uh, like talking about the show. Right. right? Yeah, there that's what go. I meant. Um, <laughs> but the uh, when you when you give this time and and it's quality time, what you have then done is filled up their need and you're not taking anything from you're giving them something so they then they don't feel like they need to take something from you then when it comes time to be out in the studio doing the work your mind is free from the clutter of the guilt and the argument you had before or anything like that and not only that they're free from the need of coming out to the studio and bugging you because they've had their time with you so what happens then is the time you are spending in the studio becomes much more productive you can get into flow much quicker you're you're into that into that moment, and not and you don't have to come out of it. Because do you have kids? I do have. Um, the oh, the youngest is sixteen now, so uh, and he, still at home. Yeah. Okay. Because that really factors in, I believe. It really does uh,
0: to a lot of it. Although once they turn sixteen, you become the dumbest person on the planet. <laughs> they really true. don't want much of your time. They it's want true. to get as far away from you as possible. I
3: think. Yeah. Having having young kids, they do require a lot more of your attention and your time, and and that's a complaint that I hear mostly from people is, you know, I've got to go to the kids' soccer game.
0: And, and yeah, you don't want to miss that stuff because you only have oh, yeah. one lifetime to do that. But my,
3: yeah, my son's soccer games, my son's um, uh, uh, band contests or competitions for the marching band, I've you know I've gone to those. Mm-hmm. And there have been a couple of them that I've missed because I really had to get some stuff done in the studio. But for the most part, I do go to those because I want to be there to support my son. I mean, I don't really care about sports. So I'm like, yeah, go sports. But, <laughs> uh, but um, I'm there to support him and, and what he does. And, and, that, and that's good. But when you've got young kids and you have a spouse... And you're giving time to your spouse. Your spouse will be more inclined to help you take the load off of caring for the kids. As long as when you're with the kids, you're you're with them and it's and you're focused on what you're doing, you're not distracted by anything else. Then you're giving quality time to your kids. It's all, and that's and that has a lot to do with it. The yeah. focus, you know.
0: It, it, the guilt factor is a big thing. Um, I always justified it to my family that I work ridiculously stupid hours and uh, not unlike uh, Adriana's husband working seven days a week right now. I've always said, hey, it puts food on the table for the family. When we go on a vacation, it's the fact that I'm here working ridiculous hours or working in bed at night on my laptop or starting my answering of emails at 6 a.m. every single day of my life. It pays for all that stuff. If my kids... uh, I'm trying to think of a good example they go to a private school um they go to a religious school and, and you know that costs money yeah it does so i'm sorry but it's got to come from somewhere but the guilt that comes along with that on one hand you're giving on the other hand you're taking away the time and, and for yeah. me it's always been a real battle
3: but but the way to get or the way to not worry about feeling guilty is whenever you do have a chance to have quality time with them. You do spend that quality time with them and and I'm sure you do. I mean you love your girls to death and you've spent a lot of of focused time with them. I know you
0: have. They would probably say no. (laughs) That's Um, just a father's guilt. uh, it's funny, looking back when they were little, we would play checkers a lot and we would call it QT, quality time. And we would go up, uh, we have a king size bed in the bedroom, and we would just sprawl out in the bed and play checkers until the kids got to the point where they could beat me and then I would play with them. <laughs> <that far. laughs> Damn kids. Uh, but I, I get the time thing. I, I think it's so awesome that you brought that up and made that an issue at the rally because. I think you should write a book on the topic. Well, that'd be interesting. I really right. think you should because it's the single biggest reason I hear from people: I am um, dropping out of taxi, or I wasn't able to uh, succeed using taxi, and ultimately they will usually blame taxi or blame the industry at large, or yeah. you know, as a whole. When really, it's just they didn't find the time. But I and
3: and you know, in my class, I sure I talked about that and a few other things, but I did let them know that there are things that are time wasters. Uh, uh there's something from uh Stephen Covey where he talks about a quadrant thing mm-hmm. where there's important, not important, urgent, not urgent and then there's a quadrant where it's either important and urgent or important not urgent and all that. And you've got to spend your time working on the things that are important but not urgent so they don't become urgent. important and urgent. Yeah, you know. Um and but it's too many of us spend too much time doing things that are not important, not urgent. Like Facebook is the biggest thing, really, right now that people waste their time with. It's mind blowing. TV. Yeah.
0: Um, TV is the thing for me, but I've got to say I spend so much of my time watching TV, listening to the music. I don't know if you were in the ballroom at the rally, yes, but was. when I said, "Okay, yeah. it, we played a scene," we had uh, what, who did we have on stage? Frank Palazzolo, or was it with the? No, it was the uh, reality show video editor. I think. Yeah, it was the editor um, and. Uh, And Jonathan Weiss, music supervisor. And uh, we were playing a scene, and then I turned around to the audience and said, okay, everybody be honest with me. How many of you can tell me what kind of music was in that scene? And Hardly anybody
3: raised their hand. Yeah, yeah,
0: because they got sucked into the dialogue. And it's really, really hard not to watch Kim Kardashian break a nail. But you could take that same amount of time watching TV with a notepad on your phone You know your leg, your your thigh, your knee, whatever, and just write down um, tension
3: cue. And And the trick, the trick though, is to turn your back to the TV. Yeah and that way you're not watching it and getting distracted by uh, what's-her-name's <laughs> legs. I once had a guy
0: tell me. I used to tell people to turn their back to the TV, and go. taxi member threw a beach towel over his TV back oh, when they were CRT yeah. tube TVs. Yeah. And oh, the no. uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he called me to it bitch me out. It was he your fault. It was your fault. The guy was really ticked <laughs> off. It was my fault. He almost burned his house down. It's like, try use a little common sense. Um, write the book. Okay. I think you should. Uh, I wonder if I could find the time to do that. I don't know. Make some time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, with that, we got to sign off. Um, thank you again to, uh, to all of my guests today, Russell Brand, Brian Gaughan, Adriana Lissette, Nathan Nasby, Russell Landwehr, and, and thank you to all the taxi members that came out for the convention. Uh, every year, it just gets better, and I'm not saying that as a marketing thing or any form of hyperbole, but... The the love among the members, and, and I'm not Mr. California, like, oh, vibey guy, none of that in my world. Um, but it really is amazing to see this huge community of people that are so incredibly comfortable, supportive, and, and there's just a lot of love in the room. the The level of the education, people come up to me all the time and say, I learned more stuff in this weekend than I did in the 30 years leading up to this weekend. That's the way the rally is. So, you know, right now you're going. Oh, gee, I'm sorry I didn't get there. Um, Polly says thank you, Michael, for a great convention. Thanks for coming, Polly. I saw Polly like a dozen times. The rallies. <laughs> he's hard job.
3: to miss. He's he's right out there. <laughs> um,
0: wow, a lot of rally people are actually watching the show today. Yes, thank you yeah. guys. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's you know what. Set an alarm on your phone. I don't know what the rally dates are, but it'll be the first weekend, first full weekend in November of uh, 2018, or 2017, sorry. Um, Mark it on your your phone now. Set an alarm for sometime in July or August to buy your plane ticket and get your hotel room stuff together. Come to the rally. We tell people it's life-changing, and people come up to me all weekend saying, it changed my life. So I'm not lying. I don't make this stuff up. Come to the rally. Thank you once again for watching today's exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Oops, wrong
3: button. (laughs) I'll see you next week. (laughs)